your shoes. I love your hair. Your jewelry looks amazing. You are beautiful. You are fantastic. You are a star, baby. Yes. <laughs> World and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. Tuesday, February fourth. I'm Jay Skeets, and look who's back, Tess Millis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. Congratulations once again. How's baby Noah Thanks, doing? Thanks, guys. How's she is great. How's She's everybody great. She doing? She burps a lot. Oh, excellent. <laughs> we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, hey, yo. We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are, all five guys back in the No Dunk studio. Feels good. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at No Dunks Inc. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email us your NBA questions and comments. Keep them coming. No Dunks at theathletic.com. That's the email you want to use. We'll be stepping on the beach a little later this week. And before we get into it, we dropped a little bonus podcast for you yesterday afternoon. A little bonus edition of Who Wants Some Trivia, NBA slash Oscars edition. The Oscars are this weekend. Can't wait. The Academy Awards. So JD, with the help of at Troy Like Stuff on Twitter, a longtime fan, uh, had a bunch of questions for the three of us. No Tassie with this one. And, uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything. I want you to go listen to it, see if you can beat the guys at, uh, at them. their answering skills with some of these puns and Shaq movie trivia and a whole bunch of stuff. But a lot of fun. JD did great work on that. Shout out to at Troy Like Stuff for the questions. Um, I struggled, though. <laughs> well, it's difficult. I was, t- uh, it was, it was, they were hard questions. They, they were great questions. Uh, and uh, I guess I'm spoiling it a little bit, but Lee and Trey go head-to-head. I mean, I'm just there. <laughs> I'm just enjoying the ride. Um, you know, sometimes you're just, you're, your mind's just not in it. Um, and I just, it was not clicking for me that day, but <laughs> it's uh, a really fun, fairly quick listen. So go check that out. That is uh, the bonus edition of Who Wants Some Trivia NBA Times Oscars edition. But today, oh, Tass, I'm happy we have you back because we got to get into some NBA trade rumors. Whoa, boy. I came back just oh. for that audio sting, JD. Like, so Sexy. That's our sexiest one by far. Oh, uh, yeah. 100%. Um, trade deadline this Thursday, mere days away. 3 p.m. Eastern, I believe, is the official deadline. But so we've had, I don't know, just this unbelievable. No, we don't get the sexiest names. Let's not get too crazy here. But there's been a lot of sort of trade rumors kicking up over the last 24 hours or so, ever since Super Bowl Sunday ended. <laughs> and, and the GM can go back to picking up the phones and calling each other. We've had a lot of rumors here. So let's. Let's go through some of these. I'll throw them at you guys, and uh, we can talk them out. You think it's likely, you don't. Maybe you've got a whole other idea, trade package. You've been working the machine. I don't know, Lee. <laughs> so let's see what we get out here. First one, the Athletics, Sham Sharanya and John Krasinski. Warriors and Wolves remain engaged in D'Angelo Russell trade talks. D'Angelo Russell, probably the biggest name from the past you know, 24, 48 hours coming up in these rumors. We've been hearing some sort of this for a long time now, but... They're, they remain engaged. They have not unlocked. <laughs> the Wolves will not to... give up on D'Angelo Russell. They right. tried to sign him last season or at the end of last season coming into this season. He went to Golden State Warriors instead. And now apparently they're intent on reuniting him with his buddy, Carl Anthony Towns. Right. It's been an awful season in Minnesota. Not a lot of hope there. And they feel that D'Angelo Russell, apparently, according to all these rumors and all this sort of speculation we're hearing, that D'Angelo Russell is the, uh, is the key to unlocking success there. In Minnesota. Sure. 
what's holding them back is they don't really have the assets that anyone else wants. That's really what it is. The, the Wolves apparently are trying to acquire draft picks to entice the uh, Golden State Warriors to give, up, um, to, to, to give up Russell to get some draft picks. But so far, they haven't been able to accumulate those and the Warriors certainly don't want anything on that roster for that the, the, the Wolves have. Right. So, What about Robert Covington? I think he makes a lot of sense on the Warriors, playing with Clay, Steph, and Dre. I think he could be on a closing lineup. Well, I think if they want Robert Covington, they could have him in a, in a, in a heartbeat. Um, but I don't think that's really what the, what the Warriors are looking for here. I think the Warriors got D'Angelo Russell as a, as a sort of a trade chip. I don't think he was, he's necessarily part of their long-term plans. Uh, but I think there's, there's more interest out there than, uh, than a Robert Covington. I think the Warriors are going to hold on to him until, uh, until they get a better offer because this season is, is also gone. It's a wash for the Warriors. They're done. They're not going to. Uh, they're not going to make players, even if Steph comes back, which he may do in a, in a couple of weeks' time. So, yeah. I think they're just holding out to, for what they can with Russell. There's certainly no rush to trade him. Yeah, this seems like if it's going to happen, it'll happen at two fifty nine because the offer from the Timberwolves is going to be there no matter what. They want D'Angelo Russell bad. Gerson Rosas wants his James Harden, somebody who can just key the offense in. I mean, you're right, Tess. I can't, you got to look forward with the Warriors to say if they're going to be challenging for a championship again, they need some guys around. Steph, Clay, and Dre, and Covington would be a nice spot there for sure. He shoots the threes, he plays the Ds. Maybe you get a Gorgie Jang as well. He can help inside. I don't know if those are the big names you're wanting for D'Angelo Russell, but honestly, Robert Covington is probably the second biggest name that's on the trade block right now. So I don't know. It just it just seems like you have your eye on something and you just can't stop. You just can't stop thinking about yeah. it. That's what the Wolves are right now. They can't give up the idea of getting D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns together. Like, that will solve anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it, it feels a little bit to me like no doubt the Wolves just want better players, and Russell is. Um, he would immediately be the second-best player on their team. I think that's pretty obvious. But it's similar to me like the sense of the Clippers, excuse me, the Pistons trading for Blake Griffin to just try and do something to yeah. get some energy. I mean, like, just look at the season the Wolves have had. They started off all right. You know, they were a little bit over 500, and then, well, they haven't won a game with Carl Anthony Towns playing since before <laughs> Thanksgiving. That is still a stat that is real, and they just need, like, a little shakeup here to get, like, just some some energy within their fan base even trying to move forward. So, you know, I get that, um, that they would want to do this. That, that's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, try and get Russell. He signed the four-year deal. He pairs nicely. He's friends with Towns. You're probably going to get killed on the defensive end. Those two guys are going to get oh, absolutely man. hammered in pick and rolls. But maybe you can then flush out your roster with defensive-minded guys. You're doing that if you're the Wolves. It's the Warriors side of this. And I remember we were talking about this a while ago, Tess. I think you brought it up. The dubs are hard-capped, right? So they can't take on salary right now because they're bumping up against that. So it may be in their best interest just to wait until the summer to then explore possibly trading D'Angelo Russell. And that also gives them the opportunity, in theory, to bring back Curry, see how it works, you know, if you like it or not. I know no Clay would be there, so yeah, it's a big missing piece. But try D'Angelo Russell, try him out there with Curry, see what you have. And if, it, and if it's something like where you're like, well, there's no way we're going to be able to play really all three of these guys when you get Clay back, then move him in the summer. And guess what? Some sort of Wolves trade will still likely be there, so it's not. Oh, gonna they're be, still going to want them. Still not going to be an issue. So yeah, I don't think this is going to happen um, before Thursday at three o'clock. I, I really don't, because I just don't see the Warriors having to, you know, panic for any reason mm-hmm. to to move them. Like, what's the rush? Like you said, Lee, nothing's happening this year. No, no, it's uh, 
That's it for the Warriors. They're they're just they they can think long term right now. They can think what's what's absolutely in the best interest in, in us. And uh, it, there is probably interest from other teams in in a guy like D'Angelo Russell. So the New York Knicks <laughs> are apparently one of them, uh, per SNY's Ian Begley. Frank Nilakina, Bobby Portis have been mentioned as players who could go from t- New York to Golden State as some sort of deal for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, the Knicks need a point guard, and uh, they need players. <laughs> so yeah, if they could get in on this, sure. But does any of this? entice the Warriors enough probably not yeah before Thursday it's likely that if the Wolves are going to get D'Angelo Russell it's probably a three-team trade because uh, the numbers don't really work out Robert Covington's uh doesn't make a ton of money and D'Angelo Russell makes 27 million dollars so it doesn't really make sense financially uh so probably wait till the offseason for D'Angelo Russell to get into Minnesota but who knows he's also having he's having a really good year despite ton of trade rumors despite having to learn a new system despite yeah. being injured he's shooting 38 percent from three 10 attempts a game he is the perfect guy for gerson rosas and the wolves to get out there because they want to shoot the three ball and yeah him wiggins you got to remember he's on the roster <laughs> oh yeah and oh, yeah. uh carl anthony towns would be bad defensively those oh. those three combined do the do the warriors ever take a chance on andrew wiggins do they say hmm maybe we can maybe if he is our third to fourth score, maybe he can be our Harrison Barnes on a championship right, team. Right. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Not for that money, though. Because, you know, the ownership yeah. there are trying to avoid getting into luxury tax territory. They're already up for $158 million two seasons from now. And Wiggins still has three years after this contra- after this season, three years yeah. and 90-something million left on his deal. I just don't think that's... I mean, no, no contract is untradeable, obviously, in the NBA. But that's as close as we can get right now for Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> I, I really do think that because teams just look at that and just look at his production and look at his effort and they're like, I don't think it's worth the gamble. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly if you're the Warriors, I don't think there's there's any reason why they would want to take that salary on. Sure, you could trade him somewhere down the line, but at where they sit right now, I don't think he gives them something that uh, that they desperately need. So what are they going to get for D'Angelo Russell? At, does anybody have a name? Anybody. Like, what are they going to get in return? Like, possibly f- moving forward into the summer type thing? Like, a- Anytime, no. anytime. What are they going to get for D'Angelo Russell? <sighs> Great question. What do they even want? I mean, that's the thing. You, I well, assume they want you don't winks. want... They want winks, right? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. They're happy with Glenn Robinson III as their <laughs> they uh, might small start forward next for year, the future. I heard. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, they're going to want a winger or some sort of big, but... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how good D'Angelo Russell is. I, I like him. Um... Is he sort of like your max type of dude? I'm starting to go maybe not to me, but I don't, I, have, I don't know how to answer it. I don't know what the Warriors mm-hmm. want. And forget the deadline, like you said, moving forward and even into the summer. I don't know what it is. I guess a star player is what they'd like to, to pair with their guys to take another shot at a championship. And that's a chunky contract, too, for D'Angelo. So maybe if they're, I don't know. I mean, they're not going to get Bradley Beal, but, I, you know, the numbers sort of line up a little. Maybe they would want to take a chance on Wiggins. If they want wings, maybe you can convince yourself, all he's got to be is the number four guy. Just run out there. He could be a better version of Glenn Robinson III. Woo! That's a tough take right there. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins, the rich man's Glenn Robinson III. But he only makes $2 million more than D'Angelo Russell in 2023. It seems like a million years from now, but yeah. it's not that much of a difference. I suppose you could trot him out there. See, it. Somebody's got to take a chance on Wiggins at some point. He's not going to play 20 years for the Timberwolves of us waiting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, this is the year. This is the year. Somebody will take a chance. The thing is when they traded... Kevin Durant essentially for D'Angelo Russell. Kevin Durant was leaving, and Kevin Durant apparently told the Warriors, "Hey, I want to get an asset back 
in return for me. I don't want to be seen as a guy who's just traded for nothing. And so D'Angelo Russell came back in the trade. And so I don't think they're expecting, they weren't expecting him to be a long-term solution there. And I don't think they're expecting a lot back. I think Robert Covington, they'd be happy to have on their roster in return. And if they get Andrew Wiggins, I think Robert Covington would also have to be part of the deal, which would mean that there's a lot of money being dealt. But I can see that happening. But Bobby Cove, I think, is, uh, is the target. Kevin O'Connor reported last night that the uh, three-team deal that would have sent Clint Capella to Atlanta, Covington to Houston, and picks to Minnesota, which would include Brooklyn's 2020 first-round pick by way of Atlanta, for that to then flip to D'Angelo Russell died because the Warriors shot down trading Russell for picks. So they weren't enticed enough by those picks. Or mm. they, again, they still just want to hold on, see what they got with Curry and Russell, and maybe wait until the summer. Um, I think it's likely that he's moved maybe this summer. Don't see it at the deadline, but who knows? Oh, God, I hope so. Uh, speaking of Capella, Woj, last night, Celtics in the mix for Clint Capella. Capella makes $16.5 million this season. He's under contract for a long time. It's to uh, 2022-23 season. He's, this is this is I mean this has happened before with the Rockets. Capella's sort of name has come up in trade rumors, um, and they appear to be leaning into just playing the six six and under guys here. <laughs> what does everybody make of this, or the idea at least of the Celtics wanting a guy like Capella because his name has been linked to other teams, the Hawks being one of them. It's funny how the Rockets have sort of given up on Capella. I, I thought he was a key part of uh, what they did. You know, guy who can just basically run to the rim at one end and defend it at the other. But they seem to have decided, nope, we don't want him anymore, and now he's best used as an asset. Because if you look at his numbers, he's 14-14 and 14 on the season, shooting 63%. I mean, he plays a role. Yeah. And they don't have depth at that position. But as we've seen over the weekend, perhaps... They don't, they don't care about that role. No, no. <laughs> this might be the answer. Yeah. No, they've decided, you know what, let's just try to run out five short guys and try to you know outrun and outgun teams. And so in that instance, Capella's not a good fit for them. Uh, for Boston, you know, I guess their depth, you have uh, Ennis Cantor there. Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice. I, I mean, Tice spreads the floor. He can hit a three. He's not a bad defender. Um, I guess, Cap- and we've seen with Cantor, offensively, he's he's a good player. Defensively, he's not great. But, uh, you know, it's Capella all that much better than Cantor in this in this situation on that team, on that role? I'm not sure. So uh, it, it just seems like, as always, with uh, with the Rockets and Daryl Morey, he's always just, you know what, something doesn't work, doesn't sit on it for too long. Just try to keep on uh, trying new rotations and new uh, new systems to try to get James Harden close to that championship. Isn't, isn't this also possibly coming down from ownership saying shed salary? That's what we're hearing. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, well, that's what they've... Tillman for... Tillman... Frittata, as I always want to say his name wrong, because mm. I always want to say frittata, because my yes. wife Nora makes a lot of frittatas. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's over the last two years. He's he's basically said that. He well, he talks out both sides of his mouth. He says, "Oh yeah, we want to make a competitive team out there." Yeah, but then he's like, "No, let's also shed salary." Yeah, because you know they got they want to avoid the luxury tax. So that's what this could be here too. As mm-hmm. simple as that. Because the package right now being thrown around from the Celtics, this is woes really. Tice, Vincent Poirier who's the, the, the Fred Van Vliet lookalike, the French <laughs> Fred Van Vliet, bigger Fred Van Vliet, Romeo Langford, and then a first-round pick. That could work as a framework for Capella. Wow, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. And right. I, I like Tice as a player. And there are some Celtics fans who are like, like you're saying, no, I'd rather have Tice than, than uh, Capella. I'm not sure I agree with that. But. I'm sure if you've seen him, you maybe would want to have Tice just because you've been watching him the whole time. But Capella is an upgrade over Tice and over Cantor. I mean, like you're saying, Lee, Cantor can be great for a game, but he can also be bad for three games in a row. So 
I think the Celtics would probably want to have Capella, and maybe from the Rockets, they're definitely trying to cheap out and uh, shed some salary. But it would also be good to turn 17 millions of Capella into probably two players. You know, it's been fun watching them run out six foot six guys, but you're not going to really do that in the playoffs. You need to have another big, another wing, guys who can just go out there and sop up minutes and give you some fouls come playoff time because the 6-6 lineup just ain't going to cut it. But I don't know. I mean, how much of an impact does Capella make? He's a pretty good rim runner. He's a pretty good rim protector. He can get some boards, which is something that would definitely help out the Celtics. Um, and if you're only giving up like a Tyson Poirier and Langford, why yeah, not? Yeah, that's fair. What do you think? Well, Tyson? from a basketball standpoint, I'm, I really hope the Rockets do try it because it would be fun to see at least one team of the, the 16 teams in the playoffs be crazy different and be 6'6 six, six and under. Let's see it. Let's see it fly, and maybe Daryl Moore is just crazy enough to try and make it happen. If there is one team, it's probably the Rockets who would do it. And they are beating up on teams when Clint Capella is on the bench by 6.5 points if you spread that over 100 possessions. And when he's on the floor, it's only 2.5 points, which is crazy. They're, they're surprising teams. And, and like Trey is saying about the playoffs, it probably doesn't work in the playoffs when teams are ready for it, and that's why probably those numbers exist in the regular season. But uh, I just want to see it because it would be unique, although it sure seems like Tillman Fertitta just wants to lose some cap, lose some some of that luxury tax that he would be paying year over year. It's strange to see an owner, when he buys a team, how he made the transaction, how he purchased the transaction, how he purchased the team. And we see all the details about how he made the deal, about how he essentially switched money in his accounts and, and sold bonds and... And, and so that we've talked about it before, how that was strange coming into the season. Uh, and that seems to be a part of the plan when he, uh, when he Clint Capella is making a paltry 14.9. That's paltry in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. He's their third highest player. It would sure make sense from a basketball standpoint to keep him around. Um, but if they're going to play five out uh, with a guy, you know, f- literally five shooters, I'm all for it. I want to watch that. Yeah, Woj also said the Hawks remain a possible landing spot for Capella. Um, the Rockets are pursuing first-round picks to flip into a deal, like you said here, Trey, for a wing player and then another center. Covington, Andre Iguodala are among several of Houston's targets, especially at that wing position. So I guess the idea is, yeah, take Capella, try and get one of those two guys as your wing, and then be it maybe a Tice as your as your center or some other guy that they could get on the on the cheap. Um, and that would replace your Capella, and you would lean all into this sort of smaller lineup. That's the thinking here. Oh, in addition, yeah, helping your books out because you got a cheap skate owner. Um, <laughs> well, that's what it sounds like the game plan is. You know, originally he tried to buy the team for eighty-one million dollars back in nineteen ninety-three, mm. and he fell four million short. So, two point two billion uh, yeah. twenty odd years later, <laughs> it's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next one here from Walsh. Suns in trade talks with Pistons for guard Luke Kennard. Hmm. Yes. Phoenix believed to, I guess, imagine Kennard in some sort of significant six-man role, let's say. Or maybe even starting, in theory, with like alongside a booker out there and, and sort of going small at the wing position or guards position. Um, but they like the idea. He's injured right now, but they like what they saw from him, I guess, before the injury, averaging about 16 points per game, shooting 40% from three before that knee injury uh, around the Christmas time. Yeah, and if you go back to the playoffs last season, they got killed by Milwaukee, but I think that's when he first sort of also announced himself as the sort of player that he's been this season, someone who can hit the three, um, you know, reasonable defender. I I guess that's 
fits the timeline for, for Phoenix. What they want is a young guy who's, you know, certainly improving and uh, shown what he can do. But of course, when you when he's on the Pistons and he hasn't played for about six weeks now, he falls off the radar. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to sort of go back and look into him to see what he'd been doing this season. So, um, you know, it's... It doesn't really, I don't think, make a huge difference to the Phoenix Suns right now. Um, where they are, they they they, they, need, they need shooting though. Well, they need shooting, yeah. But I think they need um, they need some other some better help there. I think for Devin Booker. I mean, Aiton's good, but right now they're sort of back where they were. Have been these last few seasons out of the playoff race and probably not going to make it. And even if they do, they're not they're not um, you know you know they're not improving enough. So they need to sort of I think try to show Devin Booker that they're uh, they're serious and, and you know Kennard doesn't really do that for them Luke you don't Kennard, like son. Luke Kennard getting the American Joe Ingles <laughs> to put next to Devin Booker being the Donovan Mitchell you telling me that couldn't work I mean sure he can hit some shots you know yeah, sure. <laughs> the, <laughs> but, the question to me is why would the Pistons do this? Yeah. They're rebuilding surely they want to get picks back but I don't think you trade a 23 year old guy even though he's been hurt for quite a bit if you need young players, you need decent young players, and at the very least, Kennard is that. This makes sense if they are able to trade it on Andre Drummond and get anything back from him. Then it's full on tank mode. Yeah. I can understand at least trading your young guys then and just stockpiling the picks. But otherwise, I don't see why you would give up right now. Woj says a possible package gaining traction for Luke Kennard is Javon Carter, a Kobo, and a first round pick. That's what it would maybe take to make this happen. Now, what protections would be on that first-round pick? I mean, is that that? There's no way that is like an unprotected pick. There's no possible no way. way for Luke Kennard. So that's that would be interesting to me, sort of how protected that pick possibly could be. But yeah, I think this makes sense. The Suns making this type of move. They they're they rank in the bottom third of the league in three-pointers made, three-point percentage, where they get a lot of their three-point points. So they could use a guy like Luke Kennard, who in limited time, yes, has shown that he can shoot the three ball in the hmm. NBA. I think that makes sense. And he's, and he fits sort of the timeline being a younger guy. Um, yeah. It's the flip side. It's the reverse of like the Pistons. If what, like what the hell would you be doing here? Um, they'd yeah. be making a mistake yeah. is what they'd be doing. And that, to put a mistake past the Pistons, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> right, I, I, right. I, I, it's not that surprising. Luke Kennard came into the season supposed to be supposedly as their playmaker of the future at 16 points, four assists. He's definitely been decent, but guys, uh, on the Detroit Pistons don't really get to shine. And so I think he'd be a very good fit with the Phoenix Suns. If he's their six man and then if he's in closing lineups, sort of yeah. if they're playing, you know, small ball four, basically him, Rubio, and Devin Booker on the perimeter type thing with Kelly Ubre as their four or, you know, three, four, him and him and Kennard, that would fit quite nicely. And, you know, it's a bad draft and if it's a first-round pick, like it's the Phoenix Suns, it would be a middle mid-first-round pick. I don't think you're getting better than Luke Kennard. At, yeah, you at might the get to draft round. number twelve, pick another Luke Kennard. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so why not have a developed Luke Kennard? Why not? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't think the Suns. Suns are holding on to their playoff chances, but I think they're five back now of the Grizzlies. Not out of it by any means, but. But they're they likely going to be a lottery yeah. team, and, but and then you know they're just fingers crossed, and they pray they hit the the jackpot there with the with the lottery odds sort of smoothed out. But unlikely, you're right; it'll be around that type of pick. And uh, yeah, I I, I wouldn't put it past the Pistons either. But I think this would be involved, like you said, Trey, with 
a bigger move, a moving of a drum in and just like going, okay, Seku, here you go. Play 45 <laughs> minutes. Seku time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Svi even. And that's another part of it. They've, you know, they've been impressed with what they've seen from him. And is there any sort of overlap with Luke Kennard? That's where we're at here with this trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, but that's where we're at with this trade deadline. Luke Kennard's 23. How, old, how young do you have to be to yeah. be part of a rebuild? Yeah, right, right, 18 right. and a half? All right, well, uh, this man's a little older. The Athletics' David Aldrich. Not David Aldrich. He is also older. <laughs> Andre Iguodala will sit out the season if not traded to agreed-upon team. We all know uh, he's hanging out. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's on the Grizzlies. He ain't playing with the Grizzlies. He's golfing, and he's uh, been waiting waiting to get moved, and the Grizzlies you know, said they weren't going to buy him out. And, and this was a mutually, uh, from what we know, they agreed to this. When he got traded there, they talked it out and said, look, yeah, we'll try and trade you. You don't need to come play. We understand you're late in your career, and you know, probably don't have a whole lot of games left in those legs, and you want to win another title, whatever. They, they agreed upon this, but now we're getting into the, the nitty-gritty here, and now you've got Iguodala coming through Aldridge here saying, well, I've got sort of a list of teams you better trade me to. And then we see, over last night, some of these young Grizzlies basically saying, well, I'll just quote Dylan Brooks here, a guy that's on our team doesn't want to be on our team. I can't wait until we find a way to trade him so we can play him, and I can show him what Memphis is really about. This is awesome. John Morant was like, hell yeah. Say it louder. Screaming emoji. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you like this? <laughs> and then what, what happens with this is the other part. I think uh, Iggy's playing a bit of chicken here with Memphis. I think he's going to say, all right, well, if you don't trade me, you're not getting anything in return for me either. And the Grizzlies are sort of saying, all right, fine, sit out. We don't care. Right. So who will break first before Thursday's deadline? Because I think someone will. I think the Grizzlies will say, all right, there's a deal out there because – they don't have to deal him to a team that Iggy wants to go to. They can trade him anywhere right. just because Iggy says, hey, I want to go to an agreed-upon yeah. team. But if, if someone says, hey, we'll give you an asset, yeah. and the Grizzlies are like, fine, go, and you can figure it out with them. But then, of course, he could get bought out or whatever the situation is there. But uh, I think that's what it is right now. I think both teams are just saying, all right, I don't care. Me either. We don't care. <laughs> so who, who is going to break first? But um, I think the way that the season has gone for the Grizzlies, it's given them a little bit more leverage to be like, oh, well, you know what? It hasn't been a disaster for us. So we can enjoy right now the growth of this team, the development that we're seeing in these young players. And if you if we get nothing in return, fine. But then you don't get also to just join the Lakers or the Clippers or whoever you want and potentially uh, win a championship this season. Or potentially see us in the first round. Oh, yeah. I think that's a part that's maybe also you know, true. You know, yeah. Maybe forgotten here. The Grizzlies are in the eighth seed. They're going to play a team like the Lakers in a first round series. I'm not saying that they are going to beat them, but they sure as hell don't want to give them a guy no, like Andre Iguodala who could help their chances of beating them. I, you know, they don't want to do that. So. Uh, maybe it's just even the teams that he's linked to, sort of like, they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, we don't want to just give you to a team that we're eventually going to be playing you. Though, God, would I love to see it after these comments. Yeah. You'd be all in on wanting to see the Grizzlies, uh, you know, try and prove them wrong or Iguodala wrong, and then Iguodala trying to shut them up and say, what the hell do you kids know about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird situation because clearly there was an agreement, stay away from the team, we'll find you somewhere. But then the Grizzlies ended up being good, and Andre Iguodala went on TV talking about what his next team is going to be. So I think there's... Uh, hurt feelings all around. It seems like the Grizzlies would stand to benefit more just because they can get another asset out of this. They already got a first-round pick just for taking Iguodala. So now they're trying to get a little bit more, and he's just cashing the checks. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be tough for Iggy to lose uh, a season on his career when he's almost at the end of his career. Surely he wants to chase another championship, but uh, I forget who tweeted it last night, the Mad Men clip. That's what the money's for. You're getting paid $16 million to sit at home. So, yeah. I mean, 
I'm sure you want to play for the Lakers, but you also have $16 million. What are you going to do? Hmm. It is awesome that the young Grizzlies players are using this as motivation. Yeah. They're saying if he doesn't want to be here, screw him. And uh, they're rallying around that. It's nice to see them with that, that swagger as young guys, but they already did get a first-round pick for Andre Iguodala just to take him on their books. And it is a uh, you know a pick for 2024, but whatever. It's a first-round pick. First-round picks aren't being traded all that much, so I think they would stand pat and say, screw it. Maybe maybe he'll take a buyout a little bit later, and we'll save even more money after that. Right, and that's it. That's the thing. Do you really believe Iguodala and and his obviously his agents would you know sit out for the rest of the season and just be like no because you could be jeopardizing remaining salary in that situation. There are CBA rules like you know if you know that you can withhold after thirty days if you are legally allowed to play. Then again, of course, he could be like, well, I actually need knee surgery. You know, I'm sure you <laughs> like there is there's all these sort of workarounds, but. I don't know. I, I I think this is just a move from him and his agents to be like, okay, don't forget, like, trade me here. Let's go. Mm. What are you doing with me? Yeah, and uh, just uh, especially as we near the deadline here on Thursday. Hollinger had an interesting point. He tweeted out, if not traded, Iggy's camp needs to be a bit careful that they don't burn bridges to the point he gets Ben Gordoned. <laughs> Charlotte cut Ben Gordon on March 2nd a few years ago, mere hours after playoff eligibility deadline, just to nuke his chances of signing with a playoff team. E. Mm. Well, I mean, definitely in play. You just hold on to him long enough where he then he can't even play on a playoff team. Again, but maybe then, I don't know. It's, it but that's, all, that's it's, where it could come back to the, after the trade deadline. The Grizzlies say, all right, how much yeah. money are you giving us yeah. back? He says, all right, I'll give you $3 million, right. whatever. Right. All right, fine, you can go now and join whoever you want. But, uh, but again, you know, because of the potential matchup, um, you know, maybe the Grizzlies do decide, you know what, we, we just would rather not have to deal with you at all. Yeah. Uh, so bad luck. We'll just we'll just eat this salary and that's it. Yeah, I I do I do love like Dylan Brooks and John Morant. I mean, my guess is they've never even met Andre Iguodala. <laughs> like in terms of a, in terms of the Grizzlies like locker room or like he, no, never, yeah. he never came there. No, no. So no. it's like they're like I like that they see him on TV or they obviously see the reports of him saying you know only trade me to these teams. Here's my list. I like that they're like, well, screw you. Like yeah. they're just, it's just motivation. Yeah. I like it from both sides because the young guys are like, you know, Iggy's thirty-five, and so they're like, we they never played during his prime, you know, against him. I guess Brooks probably played against him there, but um, but you know, so the young guys are like, well, hey, if you don't if you don't think we're good enough, screw you. Yeah, you're but either then, with us or against us. But then yeah. you've got Steph defending his guy, sending right. out a, a, right. a photo of Iggy with his uh, with an NBA championship trophy, holding up the three fingers, and Steph just putting up the shh right. emoji. Right, so, right. You know, it's like, hey. Iggy, Iggy, he's he's won it all, man. He's done it all. He's an Olympian. He's he's won championships, finals MVP, All Star. He's going to the Hall of Fame, I think. So he's also in the position where he's like, you know what? I've earned this at this stage of my career to sort of sit out. So I like it from both sides. Ooh, Everyone's yeah. just fighting. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to have a little spice back yeah. in the NBA. It's been uh, spiceless for a little while. Pretty bland. You think he's earned it? You think that as a sixth man, a bench guy, he's able to sit out a whole season? trying to get traded to a contender i i think so i think so because he has embraced that role in golden state and he was a very very important part of their championship sure you know winning winning that finals mvp he didn't come off the bench for that one though did he i don't think he was moved no. into the start yeah yeah that's he right that's LeBron. right halfway through the finals there um but you know the the i, I think what he's what he did what he contributed to those teams he got to a point where it's like all right, I can ride this one out. And he gambled, of course. He gambled, mm. thinking that he probably wasn't going to be sitting out all that long. So I give him a pass. I give him a pass, <laughs> just. You but I also appreciate the young guys calling out the old man. Right, right. 
Yeah, again, you, you don't want to play with us, then, we're, then you're the enemy. Man. Exactly. Get, yeah. get out of here. We can't wait to see you. Especially as they're doing so well. I think it's just the weirdest part. It was a Canadian saying all that. Dylan Ross <laughs> was like, whoa, man. What are you, Jamal Murray? I thought that was the fiery Canadian. I like it from Dylan Brooks here. Bring that bring that energy to Victoria this summer. Uh, all right, next one here, Kevin O'Connor. Knicks and Hornets have had trade talks involving Julius Randle. <laughs> all right? Yep. Yep. Ian Begley of SNY added that Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, and Dennis Smith Jr.'s names have all been brought up in trade discussions, discussions between the two teams. Um, you might remember that the Knicks attempted to sign Terry Rozier in the offseason. And again, they need a point guard. We keep saying this about New York. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, I guess they're kicking the tires on the Hornets, uh, the idea of trying to get a guy like Julius Randle, the one guy on the Knicks roster who's actually under contract for the foreseeable future. A lot mm. of them are obviously uh, expirings. What do, what do you think about this? Uh, well, the Hornets have 16 wins. The Knicks have 15 wins on the season. Mm. Um, yeah, why not? Who cares? I mean, at this point... <laughs> Nice. I, I, no, it's, I mean, it's tough to evaluate this because no, no one here is, is, is altering anyone's franchise, and that's what both teams need, is they need a player, an impact franchise-altering player. Um, this is just shuffling the deck, if you ask me. Okay. There's no one there that you think, oh, maybe this player, maybe that I, You know, they, both teams are, are in a pretty bad situation, and they need, they need more than the players discussed, Rosier and Randall. That's not going to change anyone's um, trajectory of the team right now, so... Why they're doing it, I don't know. <laughs> well, the Hornets would be happy to trade Terry Rozier for Julius Randle just because he's a longer-term deal and they've got Devontae Graham killing it. So I think they would be happy to have a little bit of a renege on that deal they signed in the offseason. Even though Julius Randle you know, has sort of been given the uh, the job of the fulcrum of an offense and it hasn't really worked out. David Fisdale just basically said, hey, go do this. And he gave him the ball at the three-point line, gave him the ball at the elbow, and it hasn't really worked out. Um, but, you know, they'd rather have that than Terry Rozier's contract, which is longer and uh, plays the same position as essentially their best player. Yeah, and the Knicks have a million power forwards and need a point guard. You got a spare one in Charlotte. And Julius Randle, I think it would probably be – Probably the most talented big guy then on the Hornets. I mean, him and P.J. Washington are probably equivalent talents. Maybe you give a little bit more to Randall since he's more of a creator, but there's nobody that's in the front court for the Hornets who would really be blocking the way of Randall. So I can see it making sense. It's sort of like reshuffling the decks, but it's also sort of like throwing in the cards that are off suit so you can get the right cards back. Mm. Maybe you get the right suits. If you got rid of their contracts... Cards. That was good, man. Yeah, you went from you were playing cards on the deck. It's nice. <laughs> if you got rid of their contracts, uh, what they make uh, at this point in their careers, I mean, do you do you believe Devontae Graham is actually better than Terry Rozier? Because I'm not sure. I'm not sure he is. I get the contracts coming to play. I get mm. that. I mean, he signed the bigger deal this offseason. Devontae Graham, you know, super young player, but they're actually pretty similar in age. Like he, Devontae Graham, an older sort of young guy. Terry Rozier is younger than I always imagined, and he's actually. He's not having an atrocious year. Yeah. I got to give it up for Terry Rozier. He's not been brutal on a bad Hornets team. So, caveat, but... Uh, Devontae Graham had a few weeks there where he stood yeah, out. Yeah, but there Devontae was... Graham has not been good since no, then. No, I, he I hasn't. Know. That's what I'm saying. Like he, He's he was, living off those three weeks, yeah. There was all-star buzz for him. And uh, now it's kind of just... It's come back. I mean, he's having a much better season than he's had, you know, last season in, in the NBA. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, he's still got a plenty of room to grow. Um, 
if he's going to become anything, you know, significantly close to a legit and elite point guard in the NBA. Yeah. So Hornets definitely feel like a team with enough like guys when you look at their roster that you're like, oh yeah, they could be making moves here at the deadline. Like they have ways to go. Now whether it'll just be lateral moves, like something maybe like the Randall move, sure, but like Bridges could be in the mix. Terry Rozier obviously uh, contracts like Batum and Kid Gilchrist and. That's a, Monk is obviously always coming up in trade rumors. Marvin Williams, there's a vet guy that maybe teams would I want. I think we've had the same Hornets names in trade rumors for <laughs> 20 know. straight seasons. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's possible. Like, P.J. Washington not going anywhere. Probably Devontae Graham not going anywhere. And then, I mean, I start to look at everybody else and go, yeah, they could be in play. I, I, Bridges maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But maybe they'll be one of those so weird So would teams. you rather have Terry Rozier over Devontae Graham? Because I think mm. that's nuts. Why, I, I would, why would you want? I that? would take Graham, but it's not like a, a you know he's running away with it. Yeah, I mean. yeah. No, I probably do too. I just I'm just bringing it up. <laughs> I just think it's funny because I, I get I think it is because that hot start. Devontae Graham is shooting 37 percent from the floor. He's, he's better from three. He's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's not better. Maker. He's not better from three than Terry Rozier. That's he, he's thing. better from three by for himself. <laughs> he's at like 39 from three and 37 from the floor, 38 from the floor. Yeah. <laughs> that is a weird, weird stat line that he shoots better from three than inside. I don't know. Terry Rozier, I guess, has just impressed me. I thought he'd be even worse than he was. And not that he's killing it, but he hasn't been brutal. The Knicks, the Knicks could use a guy like that. That's the weird part, but man, oh, man. Uh, Terry Rozier would be a disaster on the Knicks. He would be encouraged to do every single thing the way Julius Randle is doing every single thing this year, and he would instantly flip being to being the disappointment Probably. of a contract as soon as he went to the Knicks. Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes says Tristan Thompson available on the trade market. Yep. Sources say the Cavs are in asset accumulation mode. Engage in asset accumulation mode. We've talked about Thompson before mm-hmm. because we've talked about love being, will he be moved, but that contract looks tough, blah, blah, blah. And then, hey, what about Tristan Thompson? He's in the last year of an ex- you know a five-year, $82 million deal. That's more you know possibly movable, of course, and more intrigue there. And he's played all right in his role. What is he, like a 12-10 and 10 type of guy on a yeah. crap Cavs team? But career highs for him. He's an elite offensive rebound. You know what you're getting. You know one skill set you're getting. He's one of the best in the league. If you're the Cavs, that's what you're selling. It's like, hey, this guy's been to the finals, he's won a championship, and he's a very good offensive rebounder. Um, That's that's what you're trying to say, convince someone to give up a first-round pick for, basically. First-round pick for Tristan Thompson? Like, like, like a team that's in the in the playoffs and feels that they could be contending and they could use a rebounder. That's what that's what you're trying to sell him on. Mm-hmm. Because in, in, if you get, like, a, a young asset in return, sure, that's yeah. fine. But you ideally, if the Celtics want a rebounder, then you're saying, hey, listen, man, this guy's been there, man. He won with LeBron. You need him. You need some rebounders. Here you go. Have Tristan. Just throw us one of those first-rounders. That yeah. is yours. I, I, I think I heard Tim Bontemps bring it up on uh, their podcast with Windhorse. I see something where the Clippers could make a move um, for a guy like Tristan Thompson. I could see a role for Tristan Thompson on their squad in a playoff series, um, helping them on the glass, obviously helping them a little defensively, helping them with a little experience. Wouldn't take all that much, I don't think, and they have some movable contracts to make the deal happen, picks here and there. So, I don't know. Again, it's Tristan Thompson. He's not going to win you a playoff yeah. series, but you're you're throw a little round the you know little fringe uh, moves around the. Around I mean the, the Mavs, the Mavs as well. They obviously already got Corley Stein. Uh, yeah. They could they could use another big, another body um, if they feel that uh, that's going to help them this season. But yeah, it doesn't it doesn't move the needle all that much. But otherwise, they've got Boban out there, uh, having lost Dwight Powell, of course, for the for the remainder of the season. So they they could certainly use another big body. But you think Tristan will be moved though by Thursday? Think there will be someone saying, "Here's a late first round pick, or here's two seconds, or here's a young guy." 
we'll take a flyer. Uh, sure, why not? Right. 18 mil. That's a pretty small contract for players who seem to be on the block. And like you're saying, he's not going to – he basically got played off the court in the 2017 finals, and that was three years ago. So he's not going to make a huge difference come playoff time. But you still got about 30 games before then that are going to be important for seeding. So maybe somebody will take a two-seconds chance on him. I don't yeah. think he's worth a first-rounder. Yeah. Final one here. CNBC's Jabari Young says, The Spurs are shopping Damari Carroll – and Marco Bellinelli. I know Rudy Gay's name has sort of been coming up in trade rumors as well. But the thing is, the Spurs never make you know, <laughs> in-season trades. The last one being the, what was it? The Nando, Nando. Colo trade like six <laughs> years ago. Uh, but do you think from, do you think it makes sense for the Spurs to try and do this? Like move some of these, like one of these three guys, two of these three guys? Um, even though Carroll, they just signed to a you know the three-year $20 million deal in the offseason. But he barely plays for them anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's like out of their rotation. He's had a weird career when you think of Damari Carroll. He was awesome in Atlanta here where he got that big contract from Toronto that just didn't work out. He went to Brooklyn. I thought he was good there in Brooklyn. And now he's in a, a situation I thought would have also been great for him playing under Pop in San Antonio. But, yeah, he's basically now not even – he barely even plays for them. So yeah. um, they've got that big contract. They're trying to offload it now. Uh, and Bellinelli, I mean, he's just one of the worst defenders in the league, and San Antonio's defense has been abysmal this season. So they, I think, will be looking for some sort of uh, defensive upgrade in, in trying to get rid of these guys, um, and, and potentially Rudy as well. Oh, there's no talk about LaMarcus or DeMar. I, I think the Spurs would rather say, all right, we're going to keep these guys and try to... Uh, keep the playoff streak alive. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, but again, they need defensive help because uh, this, is, this has been the worst defensive performance from a Greg Popovich team we've seen maybe maybe of all time um, they're bad so maybe they could use a Tristan Thompson you know <laughs> <laughs> is Damari Carroll like uh, if you can't get Covington and you can't get Iguodala you can't get Jay Crowder is it then like do you get to Damari Carroll like if you're a team like trying to find some sort of wing help you talk yourself into I think you just spelled out the case exactly right there. If you can't get any of those guys, you're reaching into the salmon barrel and pulling out a Damari Carroll. I don't think Rudy's going to go anywhere. He seems too important to the Spurs to me, and they are still chasing that playoff streak. And, you know, Rudy gets buckets off the bench. He's probably the guy who could bring the most back, but Carroll's not being used. Bellinelli had an impact at the deadline for the Sixers a couple of seasons ago. Like you're saying, Lee, he is washed defensively, but shooters will always be in demand, and maybe somebody will take a taste of Damari. Those are the rumors right now. Can't wait until as soon as we stop recording this podcast. Four or five more, maybe even a trade will happen. You watch. Murphy's Law. Um, we got some all-star news, at least in regards to the festivities. I think we find out maybe today, actually, all of the contestants, all the participants in the Saturday night stuff. I think they released that today. But anyway, Nets Joe Harris says he will defend his three-point contest title. He's in. He must have listened to the show yesterday. Yeah, that's right. We were like, what are you doing, Joe? Come on. You, you got to go defend the, the three-point contest title. The Miami Heat's Duncan Robinson has been invited to the three-point contest. I'm not sure he's actually said, I will do it. I don't know why he wouldn't. So he's probably in there as well. Saw a tweet from a Miami Heat fan last night that said, in Miami, they call him Duncan Strokinson. Excuse me? That's what I thought, too. <laughs> Duncan Strokinson. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to catch on. but <laughs> Witty. Very yes. witty. Uh, but I don't know. He's been on fire. He'll probably yeah. do great in the three-point contest. Yeah. And then the final one, the big news, I guess, from the uh, three-point contest news. Two-time dunk champ, Zach Levine. <laughs> will participate in 
the three point contest. Yes. He will not be going in the dunk contest. Trey, you called this one. This is what we <laughs> want to see. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. This is like Zach Levine appearing in the three point contest instead of the dunk contest, especially when it's in his hometown of Chicago, is sort of like The Rock showing up at WrestleMania. Only to tell the crowd uh, that they set an attendance record. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, The Rock is here. Yes, awesome. And then he just comes out and he's like, congratulations, Arlington, 100,000. You know, it's like, okay, that's it. You're The Rock, man. We know what you can do. That's all, that's all you're going to give us. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's what it's like to me. It's, mm. a, it's a bummer. I'm still holding out a hope that he may be uh, like, it's a, like a surprise entrance. Like, oh, that'd be cool. He like wins the dunk con- or wins the three point contest, and he's like, "Okay, that's pretty amazing. Good job, Zach Levine." And then he's like, "I'm not done." He's like a surprise, you know, dunk performer. Oh, you mean like the Rock coming down? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Plays and he's here to wrestle. Actually, he's not just announcing the attendance. This is what we get for being too smart, guys. Everybody was saying Bradley Beal should be in, Jason Tatum should be in, and it cost us Zach Levine in the dunk contest. Now he's going to be in the three point contest. The only way he makes it exciting. Try and dunk from the three-point line. You got 60 seconds. Nobody says you have to shoot the balls. That's true. Yeah. Why not? No one's ever won the three-point contest and the dunk contest. So maybe this is the year wow, that finally Wow. I hope I see history. Yeah. Man. I really do. I mean, yeah, I guess that would be a cool thing to have on your yeah. NBA resume. We've never had Two-time a Two-time le- dunk champ and then I won a three-point. We've never had a lefty win it. We've never had a, a player win both the dunk and the three-point shootout. We've never had a lefty win no, There's barely, barely been any lefties in. I think James Harden. And oh. Chris Bosch. I think Chris Bosch went in once, didn't he? Michael yeah. Red never Michael was Red. in? Yeah. There had that's to That's all. That, that's oh. Lefty just why do don't I go think, in uh, Why do I think Dale Ellis was a lefty? I know he wasn't, <laughs> but uh, he feels like a lefty to me. Wow. I didn't know that fact. Nice little fact there. So, okay, Zach Levine going in the three-point contest. Who knows? Sounds like he's not going in the dunk contest. That's for sure. All right. Let's get to some top five fun. Top five, top five, top five. 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 Well, it's trade deadline season, which means on the internet it is also cryptic emoji season. Everybody will tweet out their emojis and you got to figure out what they mean. So here are your top five cryptic emojis to watch for on social media. Number five, a delivery truck. Mm. If you see a player who's been in the news, in the rumors, for possibly being traded and you see that delivery truck, you know that player is going to be gone. I suppose maybe that makes it a little less cryptic. If you see it there, you know they're moving. But that's number five, a delivery truck. At number four, the thinking man. Hmm, how would I fit in Chicago? How would, what's the weather like in Detroit? Is it true what they say about the taxes in Texas? This is a player thinking about their next location or perhaps thinking about the next player who will be joining them on their team. At number three, the purple crystal ball. I see what's happening. Yeah. I know something's going on. I can read the tea leaves. There's something afoot here in the trade talks, and I know a little bit more than you. I can tell what's going to happen. It's topped only by number two. Shh. I've been told what is happening, and I am not telling anybody because if I do, they will hit me with the zip lips. You don't want to get hit with the zip lips. The shh. A little bit more gentle, but number one, by far the most cryptic of emojis, giant eyes. Yeah. Looking to the side. Trey Young dropped them yesterday, and everybody's like, oh, man, they're getting Clint Capella. Oh, man, Andre Drummond's in the mix. Steven Adams has come into the A. 
Whatever you see those eyes, you know something is going down. If you want to get people talking on Twitter, tweet out some eyes because nobody knows what it means. Yeah. Like, a, like you're just looking to the side? What's like, that supposed to mean? Or surprised. Ooh. Like, Ooh. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. There they are. <laughs> I can't think of any other ones that, really. I mean, maybe double exclamation marks? Double exclamation marks. A lot of people were saying um, the monocle, like oh, the guy with the yeah, monocle. Yeah, but that, yeah. to me, is more like uh, like a worldwide wob doing an investigation into who's liking whose tweets and yeah. who's following who on Instagram, that sort of thing. I think that's where you would use that. That's more, that's more of a media emoji than right. a player emoji. Can I throw in a – for a – deliberation here a brain explosion emoji Ooh, brain explosion a is one. a good one yeah yeah you, you'd have to you know the stuff you know what's going on and it's just uh, it's mind bender you're like whoa whoa man yeah not bad what about a cup of coffee emoji then someone's just chilling you know they're like i don't know you're relaxed. You're not. You're not stressed about anything. You're not getting like uh, caught up in any rumors or in your window. You know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, exact. It's a nothing is happening yeah. emoji. All these other ones are action forward. This one is that we're taking a step back. I'm yeah. not getting traded. I'm happy to set up my drip machine and measure out my grounds. <laughs> yeah. You could uh, for something happening, maybe read all about it. Maybe go with a newspaper emoji. Got to. Yeah. It's like first first edition, first press, <laughs> five in the morning. Drop it really early. <laughs> Sure, like sure. I, I like your list, though. You got some good ones in there. I do like the mind-blown one. A mind-blown emoji I sometimes can't find. Where is it? I think I feel like it's not in one of my apps or something. Like It's like it's there in one thing I use, yeah. and I swear to God it's not there in another thing. I think it is. <laughs> it's in the smiley faces, but for what some reason it's like you got all the smileys, the, the yellow faces, but then you have, you know, like a, a mix of all the other random human things, and then they get back to, like, the mind blown uh, a little bit later. It's very yeah. weird. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's right beside the, uh, the red faces, the mad, mad facers, apparently. Yeah? If you type row in mind, I'm looking. Row seven, <laughs> okay, you're column red four. Faces. You're saying red faces? Yeah, Go to yeah, red faces? There it is. Okay, there it is. Now, now I'm going to fire up my tweet deck. And I'm t I'm telling you, it's maybe it's just not there in my tweet deck. Here we go, popping it up. Of course, it's not working, so never mind. Perfect. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I can't even get any of them no, to work. It. Maybe that's the problem. Yeah, look. No, there it is. Nice. It's actually in the yellows. <laughs> with all the other yellows, Man, that makes it's sense. The only one with mind. <laughs> Crazy. You got a? I don't know what you're using there. I don't have that thing that pops up. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Not in TweetDeck. Are you a TweetDeck <laughs> yeah, guy? Yeah, TweetDeck, man. Oh, sweet, man. This is good. This is great podcasting. <laughs> it's all my fault, by the way. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night is actually a video featuring Raptors teammates Serge Ibaka and OG Ananobi talking fashion, and it gets heated. Well, just Serge really gets hot. You'll hear him first. It's a long video from Uninterrupted, sponsored by Holt Renfrew, but it's worth it. So you, do you think because you come from London, that's why you're good at fashion? Probably a little bit. I was born with it. I think it just happened. Well, you know, I know me and you are different style. No, we have the same style. No, we're gonna the same style. We have the same style. I put you on how to dress. You put me on? Yeah. <laughs> you know I did. I put you on Valentino. Right. I put you on a... Denim jackets. OG. Blizzard stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Uh, I put you on a hair impressive. OG, you say you put them in fashion. Uh, wow. Your Blizzard hoodie. I'm done here. I put you, I'm done. I, put you I, on, I don't do. I don't do. Uh, I'm done. I put you on scarves. You know what we're done here today, OG. But did I put you on scarves? You say you put me in the fashion, then we done today. What about we scarves? Done. But what about scarves? 
OG, I'm telling you, <laughs> if you say it. But what about scarves? You put me in fashion, <laughs> then I'm done. But what about scarves? I guess I'm done. But what about scarves? I guess I'm done. But what about scarves? What do you mean about scarf, OG? You saw me with my scarf. You're like, that scarf's fire. I'm gonna get one too. And then you got one. And next time when I was wearing mine, you had one too. You <laughs> act like you did it first. But I had the scarf first. Wait, OG, let me tell you something, yeah. okay? This is your second, second year in the league. Third. Third year in the league. Yeah. Okay. I've been in a scarf game 10 years now. You haven't? <laughs> yes. One. And two, OG. I don't dress, man. But you saw me in my scarf. OG, I don't dress, OG. I do art, bro. But you, but you saw me no, in my no, scarf. No, no, tell me, please. You know I do art, right? I like my scarves a lot. And you copied that. You got me sweating one hour. Oh, it's... That's my favorite clip going <laughs> on the internet good. right now. That is so fun. There are there are like eight hilarious lines in that. OG's voice is great just to start it off, and <laughs> oh. ob obviously the 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 music yeah is great. That wasn't JD who threw that yeah. in there. I mean that was it's cut together. <laughs> the heart pretty beating incredible. in the background <laughs> yeah. is crazy. It's funny because every season we see Serge get really enraged by something. He hasn't done it on the court this year. Maybe it was nearly happened off the court oh, with love, OG. I love that. <laughs> OG should be mad. Serge didn't know that they were teammates a couple of years ago. I mean, he's been there for a longer than OG has been there. And he's like, did you just get here last year? Forgot about you. But what about Scott? No, that that was my Surge voice doing OG. OG's voice is great as well because he's kind of sounds like Drake to start to mm -hmm. me, um, and he just doesn't sound like you'd expect him to sound for some reason. And then he just comes out. I guess because you never really hear him talk all that much, and he comes out of nowhere. But what about scarves, man? But he stays calm. It's great. Yeah, it's a great that's straight what part man I like. combo. Yeah, exactly. Straight man to, to enraged man combo. <laughs> Who do you believe? That's the real question. Hmm. Okay, I'm doing a little Googling here. Here's an article on Vogue of Serge Ibaka attending menswear shows in 2016. Mm. He's sitting front row at fashion shows before OG even makes it to the league. Yeah. That being said, he's wearing a terrible hat sitting at a terrible fashion show. But what about I think scarf? he's what about no scarf. scarf. Yeah. No yeah. scarf at all, but also short sleeves. I guess it's uh, pretty warm where he's at. So I would say Serge was into the fashion game and maybe OG elevated him a level oh, such a funny clip apparently that's like just a small clip i guess right of a very long feature with these two just thing. asking him more and more about scarves <laughs> yeah <laughs> 20 minutes yeah i also found out because of that clip that you can spell the uh, plural version of scarf both ways you can really? go with the f and you can go with the v yeah v-e-s or you can go just straight mm. fs and so that's the old old timey way but i guess both are in theory correct like, also, like maple leaves in Toronto, maple leaves, huh? <laughs> I guess That's so. a weird one. Hey, by the way, I hate to bring it back to this. I'm not wrong. Tweet deck. Here you go. Popping it up. Where is it? Can't find the mind blown guy. You said go to the Reds. All right. Yeah, I'm in the Reds. There. Tell me where type it is. Type in mind and see if it pops up. All right. I'll type in mind. Yeah, yours Nothing. is different. Wow. See? see, that's what I'm saying. You need wow. to update tweet deck. Okay, okay. Yeah. I wasn't crazy. It's not just there. Go, you just got to use tweetdeck.twitter.com uh, browser I'm as using, well. I'm using the app, yeah. No, he, he's using using the app. Too, yeah. Lee's using the app, too. Oh, maybe I just got an update. It's way right? better in the browser. Okay. Just do what I do and go into iMessage, 
type out your emoji and then copy and paste it into TweetDeck because I have no idea how to bring up emojis. Oh, man. That's, Control that's Apple key space, man. Control yeah. Apple key space. Anyways, uninterrupted, <laughs> sponsored by Hold Renfrew. Control? Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. What did you say? Control? Control, <laughs> Control command space. We'll, we'll do it after the show. We'll Anyways, show. Wow. uninterrupted, sponsored by Holt Renfrew. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, pick them results from last night. Tass sending in his his uh the game and his pick. Yeah. It was the Spurs Lakers. Trying to trying to just throw it for the rest of the season. I think I can do it. I think I can go O for the rest of the season. <laughs> oh, he's actively trying to throw these games. Okay, yeah. so uh yeah, what was the line Lakers were favored sorry, Clippers were favored by eleven and a half, was it? Yeah, it was quite big. Ten and a half, I think. Ten and a half? Mm-hmm. It was huge, and uh Spurs made it close. It looked like the Spurs were gonna win that, but Clippers pulled it out, but Spurs covered. That's a win for me. And for Trey. And for Lee, Tass down 0-1 early in February here. What's tonight's game? Only four games on tonight. Hmm. Similar game. Spurs staying in Los Angeles. Hanging out. This time they play the Lakers. Same building. (laughs) Similar spread. 12 and a half. Lakers are favored. It's on TNT. What you got? Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wowie. That's tough. 12 and a half. Yeah. Too many points for me. You're going Spurs? Yeah. I am as well. I am as well. Huh. Trey and Tass, what's your pick? Yeah, give me the Spurs. Nice start to the to the rodeo road trip. Losing two, but keeping them close. <laughs> Good start. What a start. <laughs> um, hmm. You know, I'm going to be like the Spurs, lose two, keep it close. <laughs> give me the clip. Or the Lakers, I should say. All Why right. not? All right. Lakers got to win by 13 or more for wow. Tass to get that W. Everybody That's else just lot. needs a, That is a lot. That, that line is curious. I guess that back-to-back situation. But then you're right. It's in the same damn arena. <laughs> That's a weird one. All right, guys. Good luck to everybody. Good luck finding the uh, mind-blown emoji on your uh, tweet deck or your Twitter app. It's there. You might have to update, but it is there. Thanks for joining us today, though. And uh, look, I already said it. You got to make sure you subscribe to the No Dunks Podcast because you never know when we get a trade that warrants an emergency podcast. And the best way to get that podcast right away will be to subscribe to wherever you subscribe to the No Dunks Podcast. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, NBA trade deadline is a mere 54 hours away. Embrace the day, people. You could stay.